Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Breaking Down the Doors, where we talk all things Vanderbilt athletics. I'm your host, Adam Sparks, Vanderbilt beat reporter for the Tennessean, and we have a special guest today, Max Hers. Max is, let me see if I can list all these, Max. Uh, you're a young guy with a long resume already. Producer for 102.5 The Game in town, SEC Network sideline reporter, currently the play-by-play guy for Vanderbilt baseball radio did that last year too right am i missing anything already no that's plenty okay so well done max hers is also the resident well he he knows all things vandy baseball and that's what this podcast is going to be about today vandy starts the season on friday against michigan in scottsdale arizona that's the mlb mlb four collegiate baseball tournament i think i got that right then uconn and uh, cal poly after that the home opener is next week on Tuesday against South Alabama. Vandy is the number one team in the country in at least some of the polls. The poll we care about USA Today. They're the defending national champion. And they got a few new play- a lot of new players, some players that we know, and that's why we wanted to have Max come in and run through the roster and some themes. Max, let's get right to it. Defending national champion, second one for Vanderbilt, number one in the nation in USA Today, so we think they can maybe repeat. What do they have to do to get back to Omaha? Do you buy that they can get back there? Oh, yeah, I absolutely can. And to me, the thing that I'm going to be watching, as as you've said, a younger team, a team with a decent amount of newer faces, they bring back just three of their nine starting position players from their Omaha lineup last year. I just want to see them get closer and closer to their final form as the season goes on. And for a group that's going to be young, that's going to probably be moving guys in and out, trying to find combinations that work, trying to find different roles that work on the hitting side, on the defensive side, on the pitching side. I just want to see them get closer and closer to their final form as the season goes on. And if they're right where they need to be when Mississippi State comes in here for the final series of the regular season in mid-May, if they're able to compete in that series, if that series means something, that series could be for a national seed. Those teams are going to have great RPIs, even if they're 500 in conference coming in. So I just want to see them coming into a series like that late in the year, be in their final form and be ready to go on a run. Because as we've seen year in and year out, the the team that's hot usually wins. And last year, Vandy was hot from February through June and they won all the way. It's not always like that. I think that's the interesting thing about baseball as opposed to especially football, but somewhere what basketball is you can kind of ramp up to being a contender you know in football if you if you lose a game early in the season you're probably done you lose two games you're for sure done as a a national title contender basketball a little bit more I mean you got to be good most of the year you can get hot in the tournament but you got to get to the tournament first baseball if you're really as talented as Vandy you very much can kind of toy with the lineup for about a month or two and then figure it out by May last year there was some of that you know the 2014 national title team they were ranked 
I think, 21 or so going into the postseason. Uh, seventh in the SEC, won the national title because they, they got hot. If Vandy, I don't even want to say wins the national title. I think that's so up in the air in Omaha. But I, I think the big question is getting to Omaha. Then you see what happens. Is the getting to Omaha going to happen, getting back to Omaha, happen because of pitching? Is that the way to get there for Vandy? I think it could be. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think this this offense will come along as the season goes on and as we get deeper and deeper in the year. These young guys are going to get a chance to prove themselves. And once they get that chance, I, I think there could be some big bats here. And it's not going to be as deep as last season. They have a couple guys who, at least right now, are going to be in there for defense. And that's fine. And last year, I mean, you could argue it was that way too. But I, I think the thing to look at on the pitching staff is is not just the front line guys, Kamar Rocker, Mason Hickman. For the most part, and I almost hesitate to say this, but for the most part, you know what they're going to give you. Yes, Hickman became automatic last year. He started 13 games, taking over that midweek role after the first SEC series. Vanderbilt was 13-0 and in his starts all the way through that clinching game, which is just unbelievable. <clears throat> Excuse me unbelievably impressive and speaks to how good he was over that stretch and rocker he had two starts that he didn't like and you can tell those really really ate at him so it's a matter of how does he come back out everyone knows who he is everyone's had an opportunity to watch him pitch and now everybody wants an opportunity to face him so I think it'll be interesting to see rocker in that environment as well and I mean they'll have they'll have bad starts and even if Hickman doesn't, I think Rocker will. And I think it's just natural because he's going to have high expectations. And whether or not those affect him, who knows? Yeah, pe- people but he's can't, a sophomore. People can't freak out and think right. Kumar's going to come out and throw a right. new hitter. That's not going to happen. He's going to be up and down. Right? He's going to be up, 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 and then down. Yeah. Right? That happens. No no 19 strikeout no-hitters every no. time. I mean, as nice as that would be. And, and, and the third, I mean, Jake Eater is the third starter, we think. Right? I mean, I, that's who I would guess right now. We, as we talk here on Tuesday, we'll probably find out tomorrow before the team leaves on Wednesday. But maybe not. Because when they play three different teams, they kind of like to wait and see. They kind of like to play matchup. So some of it has to do with what they find on the scouting report, which, of course really only includes information from last year and maybe a little bit from fall scrimmages if there's footage available. So I would like to think that Eater is going to get that first shot. They really want him to get it. He has matured. He was big for them in the postseason last year. Of course, he got those final nine outs in Omaha. But he's someone who I don't want to say underperformed, but probably hasn't gotten the ball as much in his first two years at Vandy as they would have projected coming in. And if he has a good year... And his stuff is definitely much better. If he has a good year, he's going to be a first-round pick this year. Yeah, and that's the funny thing about Vanderbilt is that there's one of those guys every couple of years, maybe every year, the guy that is maybe a first-round pick, first, second-round pick, and you don't really know of him until right at the end, right? Kilachowski was kind of one of those guys. I remember he didn't get as many opportunities, but those guys that would have been aces from from their freshman year – at Vanderbilt, they have to get innings here and there out of the bullpen, and then suddenly their juniors like, "Whoa, this, is a, this guy's a first round pick." Yeah. He was always a first round caliber pick. He was just buried behind a lot of guys. He's the only proven lefty on this staff. Yeah, is that almost the only lefty. Period. Do you think that pushes him more to the bullpen or the rotation, or does it even matter? No, I don't think they think that way anymore as, as a coaching staff. And Scott Brown, who's the pitching coach, and Tim Corbin make those decisions together really the pitching decisions about who's going to be where so they really have an equal say in it 
And we saw some years they like to go right, left, right with the starting rotation. I don't think it affects who is exactly where, though, because they have a lot of right-handed pitchers who are able to get lefties out just because there are a lot of wipeout breaking balls in that bullpen. At least it looks like there will be based on who's going to be there. These guys, a decent amount of them have change-ups. The majority of them have two-seam fastballs. They have the ability to get lefties out, and I think they want to put Jake Eater in the best possible situation to succeed. And, I mean, we, we saw it with Ben Bowden, too, in 2016. I mean, he was someone who was going to be drafted high. Scouts wanted to know, is he going to be a starter? Yeah. Can he start for Vanderbilt? And he got those chances. And he was pretty good, but they determined that he was best in the bullpen. And I think Eater is getting that same type of chance, but also I think is more likely to stay in the starting role. So Hickman is a legitimate preseason All-American. Kumar Rocker was a College World Series MVP. Jake Eater is a first-round caliber guy. They could go with those three. Uh, Tyler Brown is, I saw D1 Baseball came out with something I think today or yesterday, listed Tyler Brown as the top reliever in uh, college baseball. He was up for close a stopper of the year last year, which means like top three or five. So they've got four guys that any team in the country would mm-hmm. love to have. If if Eater is not the third starter, who is it? Is it Ethan Smith? Is it Jack Leiter? Does Jack Leiter as a freshman get that kind of chance? I think from from the jump, next in line would be Smith. Okay. Mount Juliet kid, local yeah. kid. I, I think Leiter will start in the first few weeks. They got two five-game weeks with the double midweek to get things started. Oh, that's so a good point. Yeah. I'd imagine that if they don't pitch over the weekend, the two starters for those games would probably be freshmen, and they would probably be Jack Leiter and Michael Doolin would be my guesses. I'd, lo- I'd love to see Jack Leiter in the home opener. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah, I, it, it would line up perfectly. It would be fun, and South Alabama's good, too. I mean, they have a good program, so that that is a tough team to play twice on a short turnaround, and of course, they'll be coming off a weekend three as well. But that'll be a tough matchup for anybody, But but the thing I'll say is, they will go to Arizona this weekend. They won't earmark starters for the midweek games. Everyone will be available, and they'll pick the Tuesday and Wednesday starters after the fact. And Jack Leiter, for those that don't know, Jack Leiter is a freshman. He's the son of Al Leiter. Al Leiter is one of the lead analysts on MLB Network, but y'all will probably know him best as a longtime Major League pitcher. He was an all-star a couple years. Uh, what, Mets, Yankees? Marlins. Blue, Marlins. Blue Jays? He was with the Blue Jays, yeah, way back when. Anyway, son of a uh, of a famous pitcher, Jack Leiter is. Jack Leiter is one of those guys, like a Kumar Rocker, that could have gone very early in the draft out of high school, instead chose to come to Vandy. Every year you kind of have that, here's the next guy. So Jack Leiter may be the next guy. We'll, we'll see. Kumar yeah. Rocker was the next guy last year, and that, that turned out uh, pretty well. So... Uh, I want to go through the lineup real quick. A lot of people listening know quite a bit about Vandy baseball from last year's run. They don't know the freshmen quite quite as well. And you mentioned before, most of the lineup is gone from last year. Yeah. So let, let, let's run through the positions here. Catcher. Ty Duvall was one of two catchers last year. Uh, Dominique Keegan is an option there at catcher. Duvall was hurt in the preseason, I think in the fall also. he is he, He's coming along, may play early on. Keegan has had an injury that will keep him out for a little bit early on. If those two guys are not catching, and Keegan is not going to be early, Duvall maybe a DH early, who's the catcher? They have two freshman catchers, and C.J. Rodriguez would be the starter out of those two. He's a freshman from California. They really like his defense. That, as always, for these young guys in this program, is what's going to get you on the field. But the coaches have been impressed with his hit tool, too. He's hit the ball pretty hard. 
Probably not going to hit the ball out of the park against college pitchers his first time out, but he manages the pitching staff well. The pitchers like him. He understands what he needs to do. So he he is a viable third option there, but they they will get Ty Duvall in if they're if they're comfortable putting him in. Yeah, defense I think is a must if if you're right. if I mean if you're catching Rocker, Hickman, Eater, those yeah. guys, it, it, I don't really care and, if you can hit early. And on. even if Duvall is 100% healthy, we know Keegan's not going to play the first couple of weeks. Duvall's not going to catch 10 games in 14, 15 days or whatever right. it is. So Rodriguez is going to play no matter what. Yeah, Rocker, I'll, I'll be interested to see whoever's back there if they can catch uh, the, yeah. the, the slurve if it's going for Rocker. Clark, Phil Clark had it figured out pretty well. Yeah. Um, and not everybody would. Nobody else. Nobody else has caught him in a college game, as far as I know. I don't think Duvall caught a Rocker start last year, at least. And they they purposefully put Rocker and Clark as road roommates last year to help build that rapport. Smart, but but it's not easy. It it really isn't easy to catch Rocker for a variety of reasons, all of which are good consequences or consequences of being good. Right. I guess you could say right. either way. But uh, yeah, that that'll be a project for Ty Duvall who. I think has a lot to prove this year as a senior deciding to turn down the draft 25th round pick decides to come back preseason all second team SEC which shows what the other 13 coaches think of him which does mean something to me it's not just seniority that's getting him there and he's going to hit this year too so the second best catcher for Vandy last year is now the second best catcher in the SEC (laughs) according to SEC coaches uh first base Julian Infante basically camped out of that position for like the last 40 years I feel like uh he uh very valuable last year maybe the best team leader uh on the club uh but they've they've I mean they've got a hole there he was phenomenal on defense had his ups and downs hitting but Keegan, when he gets back and healthy, I think can play first some. I honestly don't know what the other what what's the other option at first base. It's going to be Spencer Jones, freshman, to start this weekend. Six foot seven. Yeah, every bit of it. Um, and he moves. He moves. He's he's big, athletic. He will field first base well. From what I have seen, there may be hiccups here and there, but he'll be a good defender over at first base. Hits the ball hard. Gap to gap type power that will probably develop into home run type power but you mentioned it it felt like Julian Infante had been there forever before that it felt like it had only ever been Xander Wheel yep and now potentially depending on what else Jones can do in his college career because he may pitch at some point yeah he, he won't this year but he had Tommy John I think or he had, he had, some he had kind an of elbow yeah he had a, he had a broken bone in his elbow that basically got him to Vanderbilt otherwise he would have been a day one draft pick as a pitcher out of high school so no pitching this year he'll play first and, I mean, depending if they get him back on the mound where he was, at least at one point, a better prospect, it remains to be seen post-surgery, and they think he's a great hitter, too. But he could be a two-way player. He could be the starting first baseman for the next three years. But I think he'll probably hit hit sixth or fifth this weekend. Um, they want to give him his licks. I could see that being a blessing in disguise, a young guy focusing on one thing. Mm-hmm. I play first and I hit. I don't have to pitch right now. Well, it's so funny because Kyle Wright was almost a two-way player That's too right. if That's it wasn't right. for an injury. I mean, it, it's amazing how how great these guys are at both ends and they probably could play pro ball on both sides if, if the time existed to fine-tune both. Uh, second base, Harrison Ray was there last year. I th- Harry's going to stay there. Yep. Uh, good, yep, good, well deserved. Good hitter, very good defensively. Made that move from third to second. Ended up working out great for him. Shortstop is a big question for me. That's been Ethan Paul last year. Was I think a Gold Glove 
semifinalist. Before that, Connor Kaiser was there. He won. He won a gold glove, I believe. Mm-hmm. Dansby Swanson was there. I mean, there's been some really good ones, good Vanderbilt shortstops. Carter Young, freshman, is he the guy or is there another guy? Yeah, he's going to get that first shot. He he's had all the first team reps there. True freshman. They really like him. Really advanced fielder. Again, the glove is what's going to get the freshman on the field. Yeah, Tim Corbin wants glove yeah. first. And I, I would say don't be frustrated if Carter Young isn't hitting well or goes through a slump. As long as he's in there for his defense and defending the position well, he's doing what is asked of him. But he is also a switch hitter. So he, he does have a little bit of ability with the bat, but he, he's going to be a contact guy to start. Probably hit eighth or ninth in the lineup, depending who else is around him. But he's someone who will field well, and if there are problems with him at that position, I think Austin Martin is probably next up to slide over there and get the look. And Austin Martin may be there as a major leaguer, as a pro, right? maybe. Well, it's so funny that everyone is going to be drafting him as everyone, and by everyone, I mean the The, three teams that have a chance at him, most likely, will draft him as a shortstop, and he hasn't played an inning there as a college player. and, and, And that takes me to Austin Martin. Austin Martin, the SEC batting champion last year, Hit 400 most of the year. Was great in Omaha. First swing ever in Omaha was a home run. Very, very memorable. He is, uh, he's maybe the best hitter in the country coming back. And he will be, as Max, as you mentioned, number one, number two, number three. Probably a top three yeah. pick. He can play about anywhere. He can play short. He's played first before. He's played third. He played the outfield early on. I wondered maybe if he's a center fielder as a pro. He's third base right now. You think he'll probably stay there? That's where he'll start. And this whole thing, I mean, including him being at third now, it's based on where the hole is, yeah. almost, and who fills other spots. Well, and, and we we need to say Jason Gonzalez, who could have been thir- right. third. Definitely would have been the yeah. starting third base. He now. is, uh, Tim Corbin, the way he termed it, is Jason Gonzalez is out this season as a leave of absence. I don't know if that's a personal issue or what, but he called it a leave of absence. So Jason, Jason Gonzalez not there, which means Austin Martin yeah. needs to be there. And that's where the hole is. And that's where the hole is. And coming coming into spring ball before we knew that Gonzalez wasn't going to be here, I was saying it, it's based on who else steps up. It's based on which freshman is best. Because at the time, I thought it was going to be either Will Duff in center, which doesn't look like it's going to happen. I know we'll talk about the outfield in a second. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be either Duff in center or Young at shortstop. And I was thinking whichever one of those guys doesn't win the job, Martin goes into that place. And it's just incredible that your best player yeah. is the one who's kind of waiting to see where everybody else goes. Well, I mean, he doesn't get a choice, obviously, because there are coaches. But Austin Martin, you know him really well. I know him pretty well, too. He's perfectly fine with that. Oh, yeah. He, he's fine with he playing anywhere. It. He absolutely loves yeah, it. Yeah, I think he gets a kick out of knowing that I can play anywhere on yeah. the field. And to some extent, scouts, I talked to a, to a major league scout on the phone this morning for a, for a story that I've got coming up. They love to see guys playing different positions because they want to see what their options are if they get that guy. Austin Martin can play yeah. a whole lot of positions. So let's go to the outfield. Cooper Davis was leadoff hitter for about half of last year, was hitting 330, I think, filled the leadoff spot very well. He was in center last year. I have to think he's going to start in the outfield somewhere this year. I don't know if it matters where. Do you, do we agree Cooper Davis yes. is going to be in the lineup? Oh, yeah, he's a shoe-in. I would be very surprised if he's not leading off on Friday. He's and He'll be a high draft pick. Um, he's, we'll see. I, I'm not saying first round, but yeah. he's not going to be in the 30s or anything. It's always interesting where the speed guys go because looking at Cooper Davis 
my thought is just which of his skills plays in the majors. Does the bunt game play in the majors? Probably not at the moment, but he is incredibly fast. He's a great fielder that he's proven, and I think this year he'll get a bigger sample size to prove it. So I think as long as he stays healthy, he'll be their leadoff man. The guy that I am most intrigued by of the everyday players, maybe, is Isaiah Thomas. Um, Isaiah Thomas, listen to this, hit 368 last year, but that was on 38 at-bats. He hit three homers, 10 RBIs, three doubles, 38 at-bats. When we saw him in glimpses, he was the third-string third center fielder. First string was Cooper Davis, had a great year, got injured. Pat DeMarco comes in, is phenomenal in center, holds down the position, one of the heroes in Omaha, and then, oh, those two guys are hurt for a little bit. Let's bring in Isaiah Thomas. He hits three home runs. I'm, I'm curious to see yeah. Isaiah Thomas. He's healthy, I think. Mm-hmm. So is he one, is he, does he have center field, or does he have one of those spots? I think he will be in right. I think their opening day outfield is going to be Davis in left, Tate Colwick in center, and Thomas in right. And I think all three of them could play center, but Colwick is a converted infielder, and he's had more of his reps in center, and he comes from the middle infield. So I think that's why they're going to settle on that. But Thomas in right field works well, as long as he can throw the ball. So I, I really liked what I saw from him last year, too, to have, what you say, six extra base hits yes. in those limited bats? In, in 38 I mean, bats. That's unbelievable. And he got to be on that Omaha run with the team, didn't take that for granted, and then had a great summer, too. Yeah, I mean, I mean Thomas has got a lot of tools. I, I won't say he's like a Jaron Kendall, but I see an all-around athlete oh. is what I see in Isaiah Thomas. That's why I'm curious about him. So uh, t- There's power. I mean, that's, yeah. that's big. And and Jaron did have that too. I mean, and he was initially a corner outfielder. Also, if you are going to play a corner position, you got to hit for power. And I think Thomas can definitely do that. We'll we'll see what he does with the bat because for him to be as good as he was last year and very limited and almost erratic yeah. opportunities, that's impressive. And I mean, that's what this program breeds. Yeah, power. There has to be some power in this lineup because last year the team. Right. Led the country in home runs, 100 home runs last season. And people almost got accustomed to that. Well, who's going to hit a home run today? You may not have home runs every day this year. And I I think Austin Martin will hit 15 to 20 at least. Uh, He ended up with 10 last year, had six in the regular season, then those two multi-homer games back-to-back, the Duke finale, and then the first game in Omaha. I think he'll end up with 15 to 20. Ty Duvall will hit a yeah, few. I think Duvall will, will easily get double digits. And I think Harrison Ray will push double digits too. Really? So okay. You, you need the older guys to do it as they make the progressions in their swing. I think with Martin, it's been a little more obvious that he's been making those progressions. Duvall, I think, has it as long as he's healthy. And he's had so many injuries throughout his career. He's never really got a chance to be at full go. And then Ray, kind of same story, but he, he's also used the speed game so much and played a little bit smaller, but I, I think he has power, too. I remember last year I heard so much about Justin Henry Malloy, very athletic kid, mm-hmm. can play, I think, the corner infields. Uh, you don't hear that much of him right now. Is any reason why? I think he'll be there DH Friday unless Duvall's injury forces him to DH. But Malloy will get his his shot. He's kind of in a similar situation to a lot of the sophomores we've already mentioned. Would have been good enough to play on a lot of teams last year. Barely got a chance to play. And now here he is. And he's been playing both first and third. And basically lost the first base battle to Spencer Jones. 
Um, and maybe they will platoon a little bit over there with the lefty-righty, but we'll see what happens. I, I think DH is probably the spot for him right now. But if Martin moves to shortstop, if, say, Young isn't performing or isn't fielding well, Martin goes to shortstop, Malloy is the first option at third. So so with this team, we've mentioned injuries a few times. Last year, I've noticed this with Tim Corbin in the preseason. He keeps on mentioning we were fortunate with injuries last year, and that's true. Cooper Davis had an injury. There were a couple others. Hugh Fisher, a very valuable reliever, is out for the year. Tommy John, I think Tommy John surgery. And it's almost like Corbin is setting this up as, listen, guys, I know we won almost 60 games last year. It was a historic season. But realize injuries are maybe going to come, and we already have questions of who's going to play where. So I think Tim Corbin has learned over the years of let's just ease into this season. Let's not stack expectations on expectations. He seems, I think he seems more comfortable now than he has in past seasons. Yeah, and my message would be for everybody involved and just fans at large, Yep, retrain your brain. Realize how freaking spoiled yep. everyone who watched this team was last year and how, especially down the stretch, how nearly flawless they were. It was unbelievable. I mean, they, they lost three, four games in the last month, month and a half. Yeah, I remember writing something in Omaha last year about everybody in the lineup had some huge moment game it's unbelievable. series. I mean, yeah, I mean, Harrison Ray had like three or four games like, wow, that's that's the highlight of the season. Oh, no, wait, Ty Duvall just hit, what, two or three, he hit a grand slam in the regional. Oh, wait, Julian Infante just went off and won the regional MVP. And you could pick out games here and there, and everybody in the lineup had that. That's not going to happen right. every year. And they're going to make mistakes, too. Not only are they are they not going to be exceptional every day, one through nine, they're going to be mistakes. And how many mistakes were there last year? I, I could only think of two or three big ones yep. in the postseason. And, and most of the steady hands are gone. I would say Austin Martin and Harrison Ray are steady hands. Duvall, for the most part, is a steady hand behind the plate, but he'll be catching the most he's ever had this season. So I, I would say outside of Martin and Ray, who are your leaders in the infield, you don't, you don't know exactly what you're going to get on defense. They're going to put their best nine out there, and I would say that their, their starting group of defenders, of position players at large, is very good. But after that, the next, the next five, six guys maybe aren't as deep. So I think especially once we start seeing different names, just, just be comfortable with there being mistakes and remember how ridiculous 59 and 12 was last year. Yeah, I think I think one of the fun things about a team like this is somebody in this first month that we don't know much about, you know much about, the rest of us don't know much about, is going to be a stud and a star by the time we get yeah. to May and June. Can we I, don't know who it can is. I, can I nominate someone? Yes, I'm nominating please. Tate Colwick for it. Why? Yeah. Why? He's, he's become an outfielder and forced himself in. And I think if he does get those reps in center field and hits maybe in the in the four, five, six spot in the order, he's going to get his chances, and I think he's going to cash in. I, 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 speaking of how few injuries there were last year, Ethan Paul starting every game at shortstop, that, that was the best-case scenario for them. If anything happens, if he wasn't ready to play that position, which, again, was never a sure thing with him sliding over for Kaiser, I think Colwick would have been next up. 
And I think he would have been ready then, and I think he's really ready now. There's a lot of great stories over the years of Tim Corbin moving somebody, a lot of times out of necessity, or there just wasn't a spot. Right. And suddenly that guy being defined by his new position, and because he moved positions. So, okay, take Cole quick. Cole, Colwick is your nominee. Remember I'm, the name and get it right. Is, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wait to see who's good before I, I'm going to nominate somebody maybe in April. So, Max, <laughs> I had you in because I want somebody that knew every corner of Vandy baseball, and you did not disappoint. I appreciate you coming in for yeah, this. Yeah, thanks for having me, Adam. All right, so that does it for this edition of Breaking Down the Doors. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already, and remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Please drop us a review. We like five stars. For Max Hers, I'm Adam Sparks. We'll talk to you next time.